0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of The Hollywood Podcast, covering the latest in film, TV, streaming, and social media. I'm your host, Max Geshwind. Stay tuned for today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm so excited to be joined by documentary filmmaker Matthew Mishery, whose latest film, Fioretta, tells the story of famed genealogist and litigator Randall Schoenberg who takes his 18-year-old son on a journey throughout Europe in search of the gravesite of their oldest known relative, Fioretta, as they seek to reclaim 500 years of their family history. It should be noted that Randall is the grandson of the Austrian composer Arnold Schoenberg, and Randall himself has been portrayed in film before um, by Ryan Reynolds, notably in the feature film Woman in Gold a few years ago. Matthew, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, thanks for having
1: me and for uh, you know giving us a platform to talk about the film.
0: Absolutely. So my obvious first question is, can you share how you met Randall for the first time, and when did you realize that this journey he was about to embark in was needed to be the subject of your next film?
1: Yeah. So we had we had met uh, at least uh, preliminarily a couple of times in the past. I had done a film. Uh, for Arte about uh, uh, Arnold, uh, uh, excuse me, Arthur Schnabel, uh, the uh, uh, composer and pianist, and and he of course was a friend of Arnold uh, Schoenberg, uh, Randy's grandfather, and so Randy was aware of the movie and had seen it, and we had met a couple of times, and we were sort of properly introduced on the set of the documentary I did before this one, a film called Who Are the Marcuses, and Randy had come in to be interviewed as a sort of an expert on uh, German, Austro-German Jews and um, and their sort of cultural proclivities because that film was about a very elderly couple who had had this unbelievably enormous fortune that nobody knew they had had. Um, and rather than spend any of it, they gave it all the way to charity. Uh, and uh, uh, there was an interesting backstory where they had uh, invested with uh, Warren Buffett uh, very, very early on in his career career. Um, and, uh, Randy was our sort of expert on this, uh, community of, of Austro-German immigrants and exiles living, uh, living in America. And so, uh, as I recall, as often happens on set, there was some kind of a technical issue. The lights went out, um, and we were sitting around waiting, um, to do his interview. And as, as they were sort of setting things back up, Randy mentioned, uh, that, uh, he, to his, uh, a uh, good friend of 35 years, my producer, Brad Schly, that he had had this idea uh, that this trip he was going to take to try to find this uh, 500-year-old gravestone might make uh, for an interesting film. In fact, he had mentioned it to to his cousin, Serena, who is also in the film, is an artist based in Venice. And she had said, what, what a good idea for a movie. And so Randy shared it with us. And Initially, he had said, you know, something quite vague about he was uh, going to take a sort of trip of um, uh, family uh, historical investigation and that he had done a little bit of research on his family. And I thought, um, okay, maybe 1850 or 1860. So I said, so how far back did your research take you? And he said 500 years to the formation of the ghetto in Venice. And I think that was the first inkling we had that there might be a really interesting story here. Uh, because it's it's a really sweeping uh you know vast uh sort of um narrative of of european uh, and indeed western history uh and um uh when it became clear that Randy was going to take his son along um i really uh then had the feeling that you know this this would be a great a great story for a film
0: absolutely and um you know Randall i think is just as much known as being a genealogist and passionate about his family history as, you know, he is as a lawyer. Um, can you, are, were you surprised yourself as the filmmaker that Randall hadn't embarked on a journey like this before about his personal family history and that this was really the first time he was, um, you know, tracing his lineage back hundreds of years in his life?
1: Well, it's a cumulative process as we learned. So, uh, I'm I'm not personally a genealogist and and neither were sort of the other members of the film team and so uh we were kind of learning as we went along how this how this process works but Randy's made many many sort of you know research trips um throughout throughout his life, starting uh I guess with a really significant trip he made uh in his twenties uh to uh to prague and to Austria right after the sort of fall of the Berlin Wall. It's portrayed or at least alluded to um in in the film, um in these uh in the sort of film within a film uh that's set in the early nineties in Prague when Randy first uh uh, visits and and mirrors in a sense Joey's uh, a similar journey as a as a young man uh, in in our film uh, in 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 the in the present day. Um, so these uh, trips had a kind of a cumulative effect. and uh, it's really like like a like a detective um, process where uh, every time he finds out more and more details. and the cumulative effect is that by the time, we make this movie, and Randy takes this uh, sort of you know once in a lifetime trip with his son. Uh, it's uh, it's 500 years of history and 35 years of his sort of um, cumulative individual research, um, and uh, I think most most notably, and and you know this is why I think the film one of the reasons why the film works so 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 beautifully. Is he's able to not just piece together details of people's lives from previous eras? He's able to tell entire stories or narratives about how people lived and uh, and died, but really how they lived um, in in previous eras. And that that was really what sort of drew me to the work that, that he was doing, is that he not not just brought back to life, but but brought to sort of vivid detail um, the lives of, uh, of of people who had lived hundreds of years ago and 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 really had no one else to remember them.
0: Right. As you said, it's like an accumulation of all his work, all of his research, all his trips over the years. And it's really now, this serves as sort of a climax of all the trips as it uncovers his earliest known relative, which makes it all the more special and precious that it's yeah, not been made it's, into this film.
1: That's right. And it's, it's not only sort of the accumulation of all of his work, but it's a sort of a handing off. So I... You know uh i like to say that father-son stories always work in films i think they do i think it's one of sort of the great uh, kind of paradigms in, in 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 cinema and this is a father-son story that is also a story of of cultural uh transmission which is a very very important part of uh of, of jewish culture um intergenerational transmission but it's also just generally and universally a part of human culture so uh People want to pass on their passions and their and their interests uh, and and their uh, pursuits and their family uh, to the next generation, and so this this film sort of marks uh, that process. Uh, it's it's Randy bringing Joey into the fold, so to speak, um, first with I would say a bit of uh, or, or rather a lot of resistance, and then, um, as some reviewers have noted uh you know uh, he just sort of uh, as 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 he does with everyone because Randy's enthusiasm is is such he just sort of wears him down throughout the course of the story yeah. and and by the end uh you know Joey's
0: an active participant and we'll get to that in a little bit with you know the the reveal at the end but um we'd love to know when you filmed and um how long this trip was
1: oh right yeah so we we shot the movie well, uh I should say that that we scouted it first. So, uh Randy and I uh sort of um mapped out what what the trip might be like uh in early uh 2022. Of course, um there were still things to be to be found um uh you know, like the titular uh gravestone and and other things. And of course, uh in a documentary there like sort of constantly um uh, or at least you hope there are, constantly uh, revelations and new discoveries. But I wanted to meet the characters and to get a sense of whether uh, these sort of partners in crime, uh, so to speak, in Randy's journey would be cinematic. And I have to say they exceeded all expectations. Um, this is what my producer Brad sort of refers to as the uh, as as the uh, Wes Anderson quotient in the movie Um I mean, the people who assist in sort of uh, tracking down long lost uh, cemeteries and documents and inhabit dusty archives and uh, book strewn studies in haberdasheries in Vienna are exactly as as kind of charming and wonderful as as you would expect them to be. And so I met all of these these people, this wonderful cast of characters, in early twenty twenty two, and came back and. Along with my co-writer uh, Rob Levine, we sort of mapped out what the journey could be and how we could integrate uh, Joey into this journey, and and how you know we hoped it might transpire. And as with with all documentaries, you sort of have a plan, and then if things go well, um, it exceeds the plan. Um, and I think we were uh, well prepared, but also fortunate in that things sort of went better than we could have we could have scoped out. So the the shoot did actually. Uh, you know, uh, extend to something like eight weeks, I think, uh, six to eight weeks, which is a fairly lengthy shoot for a documentary, but uh, we had a variety of challenges, like the entire crew um, having to be quarantined with COVID for a few days at the beginning of the shoot, uh, as happened to many, many shoots uh, that year, and uh, of course, we were in something like, you know, a dozen different uh places uh all throughout Europe and and four countries and uh there was just a lot of travel and logistics involved in in doing this and uh you know slightly more it's a complicated trip logistically already just just for a father and son but when you bring a film crew along and a steady cam and um and all of the all of the many uh you know all of the many uh uh I would say technical and or crew related uh, uh, requirements that we had to meet, um, it became became logistically a complicated shoot. So something like uh, when you include also the North American shooting, almost I think two uh, two months of filming.
0: Wow. Um, I wanna talk about this narrative style that you weave throughout the film and it's something you um, use a lot. Can you share um, what it is about integrating this narrative language into your documentaries and the effect you hope it has on the viewer?
1: Uh, yeah, yes, yeah, sure. I would say that it's partially just uh, maybe just a personal stylistic choice. Um, I started in the, na- you know, in the narrative world and, Um, and, and, and I've always had this kind of bifurcated career where I do feature films, uh, fortunately feature films that interest me. And then, and then I do, uh, commercials as well. And so in the advertising commercial side, um, there's, you know, a certain visual language that I've become identified with. And those tend to be the sort of spots that I do. And then I started, uh, you know, uh, as a, as a narrative, uh, filmmaker and I, and, and entirely by accident found my way into having, uh, I would say largely a documentary specialty, but I don't go about making sort of documentaries any differently than I did narrative films. For me, it's still visual storytelling. The visuals are really the, the, you know, primary, uh, storytelling methodology. And so, uh, uh you know, obviously story is important and characters are important and, 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 and maybe those are the most important things, uh, at least, um, uh, above the surface to audiences but for me like making films is is really about uh, crafting shots and scenes and i always look to make documentaries where i can create scenes uh, you know there are there are great interview documentarians and certainly earl morris has made a lot of even very visually interesting documentaries built just around interviews but it's never been primarily uh, my focus uh, you know, I've always approached documentaries the same way I approach narrative films, and so the visual storytelling and and shot composition and and creating scenes has always been uh, has always been the point more so than uh, a collection of say Talking Head interviews, which um, you know can be impactful in its own right, but to me is more the realm of the podcast, and so yeah. I think that a documentary film needs to be a film and it needs to be uh, it needs to be a visual uh, uh, piece of storytelling uh, that actually uh, demands and requires an audience to experience it uh, in a visual medium as opposed to as a podcast. So I think a lot of docs that are made, uh, especially now for streamers and for television, you can sort of listen along and do something else at the same time. And it functions more or less as a podcast. Yeah. And I just I'm not that interested in making those kinds of those kinds of films. So I always try to base um, my documentaries around scenes the way I would a narrative film, uh, with you know a really strong visual language that is consistent and um, and hopefully interesting uh, to an audience. And I like to watch movies on a big screen in a theater with an audience, and I try to make films that people would want to experience that way too.
0: Yeah, there was one part of the film that particularly struck struck me, which was when one Jewish cemetery I forgot where, but um, they wouldn't let you and Randy and the rest of the team inside. I believe it was because of the fear that the community had based on you know traumas of the past in that area. Um, what was Randy and your reaction to that moment, since it's obviously something you don't anticipate when you film? And um, was it something that you noticed Randy seeming Understanding about disagreeable to what was sort of your subject's Randy's uh, reaction to that moment happening.
1: Sure. So you know, as you rightly pointed out, it's a very narrative documentary, and a lot of the journey was pre-planned. But uh, you know, one of the great advantages of documentary filmmaking is that things happen, things go wrong, and uh, characters react in natural ways because they're real people. They're not um, they're not uh, film composites, um, and so. That was a truly verite moment, and we uh, had, in, you know, completely intended to enter and film inside of that cemetery. In fact, Randy and I had even, just by ourselves, without a crew, um, and maybe only part of it, had sort of even pre-scouted it a few months before and knew it was there and knew what we were looking for, uh, or what we were going to try to look for. And uh, on the day, we simply were not allowed in for reasons that are still difficult to understand um but these things happen in documentaries and randy's reaction uh is completely his genuine honest reaction to the circumstances so he's a character in a in a a documentary but first and foremost he's uh he's he's randall schoenberg um investigative genealogist uh going going about his his business and trying to find all the things he was trying to find and as as a person trying to do that, he was he was genuinely uh, frustrated, and uh, the frustration he expresses on camera is uh, is is exactly how we felt in the moment. We didn't recreate that; we shot it as it unfolded. And um, you even see him trying to sort of open the gate to the cemetery. That was sort of the moment of arrival. We expected there would be someone to meet us. There was no one there, and uh, and then what happens is exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, did moments like that that Randy didn't anticipate on his journey? Did that tangibly set back the research of the uncovering that he had to do in his lineage, or did were there work workarounds in tracing back his lineage?
1: Yeah, there were. uh, You know, most of the most of the uncovering uh, or investigating. Um, had been had been done, although certain discoveries were made along along the journey uh, that that he took with Joey. Um, but I would say this trip was as much about sort of conveying and passing along that information and that heritage to Joey as it was actively investigating it, although he did investigate some things and you see it in the film. um I think that um uh, there weren't a lot of instances where the chain of, uh, the sort of chain of um, uh, of the family tree was interrupted by things that happened on the trip, but certain experiences that he wanted to have or wanted his son to have, you know, were interrupted. And one example is the is the cemetery in Vienna.
0: Um, I want to talk to you about Randy's son Joey, who embarked on this trip with him. We obviously hear a lot more in the documentary from Randy than we do from Joey. Joey's like. I, it seems like he's just observing. He's like a sponge taking all of this in. Um, can you share what it was like for Joey in your conversations with him on that trip of um, of being part of you know uncovering his his own lineage? Sure.
1: Um, and 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 you know I think it's uh, I think we succeeded in in conveying how how his uh, sort of uh, awareness and attitude towards his father's work and passion evolves throughout the trip it's a little more than just sort of from from eye roll to recognition although that's certainly a part of it too um but you know I think one thing that that we sort of had to continually remind ourselves and which I think you know uh the viewer um uh, should be aware of is like just how young he was you know Mm -hmm. Joey just basically graduated high school and then this was his you know you're about to go out into the world uh sort of trip so it's uh, kind of an incredible moment in any person's life to be the recipient of this information or of this kind of a, you know, a family story, and then use that as uh, something that drives you forward out into the world and into the rest of your life, as, as I think Randy says very movingly at the end of the at the end of the film. Um, but it was definitely uh, it was definitely uh, a process uh, of uh, sort of awakening and recognition for Joey um as 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 it appears in the movie. but I, I guess even more so for those of us who were sort of in the van hours, hours per day um, moving between places. Um, but he had, you know, I would say very limited, very limited interest in uh, in in telling a five hundred year family story. um and and a, a initially. A lot more interest, I would say, in visiting all these great cities of Europe. And, you know, he's an aspiring chef at the Mm. Culinary Institute of America now. So he was obviously very interested in cuisine in these different cities. And as I think think Randy jokingly alludes to a few times uh, in the movie, very interested in buying clothes um, and in that sort of thing. Um, but as as we got deeper and deeper into the trip, uh, you know, and, and as we visited places of really, really believable impact, um, I think that uh, his eyes were opened. And, um, you know, what, what he conveys at the end of the film is completely genuine also.
0: Yeah. And I think it's somewhat poetic. And I would think, you know, a filmmaker's dream, the fact that when Fioretta's gravesite is unveiled and they find it. It's not Randy who finds it, but it's the next generation of the this, you know, hundreds long year-old family. Um, it's Joey himself that comes across the grave uh, sort of the youngest generation of this family discovering the oldest known relative of the same family 500 years ago. So it's so it's so poetic to me that it just happened in that way at the end.
1: Yeah, I think that by the time we arrived in in Venice, uh, Joey was very much on uh, on on the sort of team of sleuths, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I also thought it was it was very appropriate that that he should find uh, find the grave. Not to give away the ending, but I guess we've yeah. given away the ending. I think it's it's one Swirler. of those stories that's all in the telling, and and uh, you know the it's the journey. Not the destination as the cliche goes. Um, so I think uh, I think it's okay to maybe give that away,
0: yeah. um once you found or once Randy found Fioretta's gravesite, was there any further uncovering there and finding who Fioretta's parents were, or it was um that was re- truly the end point in that journey.
1: There's no, there's no, there's no end point, right? Right. (laughs) The journey is just endless. So I think as, um, as, as Randy's friend, uh, Trouta sort of says in voiceover at the end of the movie, Randy will never be satisfied. He'll always be trying to go further and further back. Um, And, and indeed he is, he's, he hasn't, I I don't believe, um, although I'm sure we'll find out in the press tour with the movie. I don't believe he's uh, uncovered, uh, too many specifics um in 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 previous generations other than what is sort of mentioned uh, in the film. Um, uh, because of course, Fioretta's father was uh, was a famous rabbi and and so Randy knows a little bit about previous generations, n- nothing like burial places or right. the details. He's dredged up in the subsequent. Um, generations but but he's looking and he's working on it and he's working on it all the time including probably right now as we're so uh you know there's definitely i'm sure there's definitely going to be a discovery or two that will come up in in interviews as the film starts to fan out into the
0: world did you notice a change in randy and joey's relationship before the trip began and then when it came to an end
1: yeah, I think um and, and I and I think I think um uh, I think you can feel it in the movie. Um and, and and in fact Joey says it in the film, and I think he says it in a in a very uh a genuine way. It it did bring them closer because uh and inevitably so really, because uh Randy was sharing something that is, you know, his kind of great uh life-defining passion and obsession. And I think this is really a story of passion and obsession. Um, and I, I tend to like those kinds of stories, especially, especially in documentaries. Um, and, uh, and he was able to pass that along in some limited way, but with, with an open door, I think for future, uh, endeavors uh, uh to Joey and so when whenever i think um especially in a father son story when 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 one generation is able to pass on an incredible passion to another in any in any way i think that that brings the two characters closer
0: absolutely well it was such a beautiful film matthew thank you so much for sharing it with us I, it sh- i should note that the film begins its film festival journey this fall at the woodstock film festival in addition to Screening soon after in Zurich and Tel Aviv, and where I assume it'll just continue on with um, being introduced to audiences around the world. So, um, Matthew, I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And I, I should note that uh, it, since you probably have listeners in California, yes. it'll be at the Newport Beach Film Festival and then Doc LA. And so there, there are chances to see it in Southern California as well.
0: Amazing. Sounds great. Thank you, Matthew. I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please take a moment to subscribe to The Hollywood Podcast for free on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Until next time, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Max Geshwind. Thanks for listening.